Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Everything Pistons podcast, where we only talk about the Detroit Pistons. Before we get started, you need to subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. After you subscribe, rate us, drop a comment, and more importantly, tell a Pistons fan. I'm Lance Capros, and I'm with Andrew Clements, a member of the Pistons family, and from the Everything Pistons Instagram page, and he literally means Everything Pistons. If you want to, if you want more Jersey leaks, you need to follow Everything Pistons on Instagram. Man, I don't know how this podcast is going to go today. It might be short. There wasn't a lot of news, not a lot of topics floating around for us to discuss. Yeah, we got, tail end uh, All Star. You know, not much. A couple games played. But during the All Star break, the NBA acknowledged all of the players on the seventy five greatest players list. During the week, Pistons fans talked about Ben Wallace and how he should have been added to the list. I disagree. I don't believe Ben Wallace is one of the 75 greatest players of all time. It's not, I love Ben Wallace. He is one of my favorite, favorite players, players of all, of all time. time. And I'm not just saying Pistons players. I'm just saying the game of basketball players, but I have to disagree. I do not believe he is one of the 75 greatest players of all time. What are your thoughts on Ben Wallace not being named to the 75 players, 75 greatest players list? Yeah, I, I think I can agree with Ben Wallace being added to any and every NBA list except for this one. And, and this is why. And that's not a knock on Ben Wallace's talent or who he was as a player. It's just when you talk about overall skill in the NBA, I mean, Ben Wallace was lacking a, a glaring side on offense. So, no, I can't put him up there. But as we all know, he made up for the offense on the defensive end. Like I said, any other list, most influential, top 75 influential in the NBA, top 75 meant the most to their squad, whatever you want to put, I'll put him on that list. But an overall talent in the NBA list, no, he doesn't make it. And I think that's what makes him so special, him I'm, and that team. 
And I'm glad you talked about it that way on the list, because there are people that were just listing his accomplishments. And it's like, dude, it's not a list of just accomplishments. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not because the list would be totally different. You wouldn't have Damian Lillard on the list if it was a list of a, just based on accomplishments. Right. He hasn't accomplished enough. Same with Anthony Davis. You know, the dude doesn't have any individual awards other than I don't even know if he has the finals MVP or not. I don't remember. But anyways, if it was a list of accomplishments in just accomplishments, yeah, Ben Walsh probably would have made it. You know, he's one of two players that have won four defensive player of the year awards along with the championship, multiple All-NBA teams, all-defensive teams, multiple All-Star appearances. The list is long for Ben Wallace. But what you said is it, it takes account in for skill. Like when you are debating the 75 greatest players, and again, the list is debatable, but you're not just looking at accomplishments. You're looking at how they played the game of basketball. What could they bring a team? You're looking how they stacked up against their peers. And accomplishments and awards do not justify it. So – I disagree with all of Pistons Twitter that was saying Ben Wallace deserved to be on the list. Now, I think it's debatable to have him on the list of 100 once it comes to that point. I, I hope we're still doing the podcast at that time so we can talk about it. But I will definitely fight tooth and nail to have Ben Wallace on the top 100 greatest players of all time list in the NBA. I will fight tooth and nail for that. But 75, I got it. I, I have to draw the line for Ben Wallace. And again, it's no disrespect to that man. Like I loved watching him in Detroit, but he's not a set. He's not a top 75 greatest player of all time. I hear you. Our next segment is headlines with headlines. We bring you news stories, updates on the team, a quote or two. We'll share our thoughts if we have any, and then we'll move on. But before we move on, I'm going to drop some ads right here. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So Detroit got Detroit Pistons fans got what they wanted. And the Detroit Pistons will bring back the teal jerseys in 2022-2023. The team, the Detroit Pistons, wore teal from 1996 to 2001. They're going to be returned for the 22-2023 season as classic edition uniforms. And the uniforms will be an exact replica of what they wore in the 90s. Are you excited for the teal jerseys? Yeah, I am. 
Are you disappointed that it's not like their everyday jersey, though, and it's only going to be used for a handful of games? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I want to see them, and I definitely want to see how they look incorporated with, like, shooting sleeves and undershirts. I, I think it's going to look really nice on the court, man. Um, it, I guess it's just kind of an ode to the era we're in. Like, these are, these are the days before we're top of the NBA again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love the jerseys. You've already heard me say this. I think, yeah. I think they're great. Um, I, I'm glad that they're not bringing them back as a full-time uniform. I'll get into that in a second because I really do like the red, white, and blue. I mean, that screams championship. It's a very classic jersey. I like it. I mean, I love the teal. I think it's great. It looks cool. I'd love it as an alternate uniform, but I would give up the teal to see more of those city edition jerseys. The those red, the, yeah, those ones are so. Are those the greatest opinion. jerseys in history? I'm not saying I think that. I'm asking you. Oh, you know, I kind of think they are. To be honest with you, they're just because they incorporate so much. I love how the logo from the teal era is kind of small and it's not overbearing just, in any way. Yeah. And like, I like how they match the colors with the teal, the blue. I wasn't a fan of the lightning bolt jerseys but I actually like it on the shorts and I don't know that those jerseys are just real clean to me. So I would say they're they, probably the greatest all time. They do look good. I just, I, I still, to this day, I hate the teal little pinstripe. I think it goes terribly with the blue, but on TV, you don't really see that as much. I think a white outline there would have looked much better and you could have did something teal like outline the the logo or outline the players numbers and teal to incorporate it that way but i still think they're super clean where do you rank where do they rank on your list though for distance jersey i'd have to sit down um but they would probably be top three and if it it, it more maybe top two i really like those they're part of the teal era but like they're the like the maroon or red ones that they wore too. Yeah, the old burgundy ones. Yeah, those ones are real clean in my opinion. I really liked those as well. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the teal. I love the city edition. They they're number one for me. Like they they I'm really ex- are. I'm excited for because doesn't uh, Big Sean have a jersey coming next uh, next season? I, yeah, I, but I, I thought I remembered him saying something like uh, his hands were tied this year, but next year they're going to let him design something. See, I think they can change jerseys up to like every two years or every five years. I forget what it is, but I know I do remember him saying that. Like, I do remember him saying his hands are tied this year. You know, I have more to say of it going forward, but I don't know if they'll be wearing his jersey that he helps design next season or we're right. going to get more leaks and hear more about it. Because that would be like, you know, I, I think it might be every two years. I could be wrong. The NFL does the same thing. Like, I think like every five years in the NFL, you can change jerseys and helmets and everything like that. They just have to be approved by the league. But let's uh, put our conspiracy caps on. Do you think this is a bad idea to bring the teal back because of what the era was? It was just a – the teal era, in my opinion, is a what-if era. What if Grant Hill didn't get hurt? What if it worked out for him in Detroit? What if they had built the right team around them? You know, what could he have done? You know, it's just, I, it, it's weird for me because like you get Cade Cunningham, he's been compared to Grant Hill, Grant Hill, and now they're bringing the teal jerseys back. Even if it is just for a season, 
do you think it's a bad idea? Do you believe in coincidences? Do you believe in history repeating itself in that way? I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. So, meaning if uh, if Cade Cunningham starts going down with injuries, we're going to scrap those jerseys mid-game, okay? Dude, I, I, I hope we do. First <laughs> quarter, don't care. We're, we're hold up, timeout. We'll take a couple in a row. We got to go change. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not trying to speak anything into existence, but someone had brought this to my attention a few months ago when we were talk. They were talking about that um that draft, and they were like, "Yeah, Cade Cunningham." It just gives me eerie '94, you know, NBA drafts where the Pistons took Grant Hill number three overall, and you know now they're talking about bringing the Teal jerseys back. It's like it's just all too much of a coincidence because if we remember, Grant Hill actually started his career in the red, white, and blue. You know, it was just after those Bad Boys era. They were still wearing up. And Grant Hill, we talked about it on this podcast. He always said Detroit was, he looked at it as one of those great elite cities like mm-hmm. Los Angeles, like Boston, and you they never changed their jerseys. So why should Detroit? And that's a great point by Grant Hill. But man, you know, it's just, it's eerie. You know, I'm excited for Teal, but I'm also just nervous for what it could potentially bring to the Pistons. And I don't want to see anything happen to Cade or any of the guys for Detroit. I just don't. So the Detroit Pistons lost a member of their family. Dick for Dick Versace passed away at the age of 81. I hope I'm saying his last name, right? I really do. He was a Pistons assistant coach for three years before getting a head coaching job with the Indiana Pacers. There's really not much to say. I wasn't alive during the era when he was a coach. I don't really know much about him other than yeah. people have said he's had the nicest perm in the NBA. So yeah. I'm a, I'm a barber. When you talk about hair, I think it's pretty yeah, important. I, I actually talked with some people that knew him and, and said that he was uh, pretty much a comedian, you know, uh, and a joy to work around. So uh, thoughts out to, to him and his family and, and all those affected by it. That's really cool. So, man, that's, that's what I love, man. I love that you have that access where people you knew knew him. And I love the – he did kind of look – I looked at some pictures of him. And some of his, like, I don't know, like just the motions, like in his pictures, like the way he would like look at a ref or look onto the court, it was kind of a comedic. Yeah, it was very interesting where I thought, I'm like, man, this must be a funny guy just by looking at the pictures of him and looking at his expressions that he would display while he was on the floor. All right, we're going to move on here. Here we go. The Pistons had a win. So that means we get the Everything Pistons podcast player of the win. This is a big deal. They, The Detroit Pistons beat the Cleveland Cavaliers on February 24th. I was actually supposed to go to this game. Didn't get to go. Couldn't make it. But the Pistons won 106 to 103. So who is your Everything Pistons podcast player of the win? Well, not only that, but we got the Boston game too, right? We talked about the Boston game last week. They lost to Boston yesterday. Oh, that's right. That's right. I, I remember there was a win in there. My, you know, curse my internet provider. I couldn't watch the Boston game and, and sounded like all sorts of hell were breaking loose. Hamadou was throwing refs. Uh, that was the- Isaiah Stewart was getting up in it again. And no, man. Yeah. I, I, and tonight we'll be blacked out. But the Hami Diallo technical made no sense. I was watching that game when I was at work. I was on my cell phone. I was watching it. And it wasn't really like a bad push off or anything. It's just like, he, I mean, he probably shouldn't have done it. 
anyway, but like to get a, a tech and then get ejected for that, that was just dumb. It, the refs are soft. Then he's paying a $20,000 fine. But Isaiah Stewart, they actually called the technical, I believe, on Marcus Smart in that scuffle. Yeah. That was that, you know, Isaiah Stewart, all he did is, you know, he, he was just being physical with Marcus Smart, like Marcus Smart was being physical with him. So, you know, there was no reason for Marcus Smart to be upset or whatever. I'm glad it didn't escalate. And I'm glad Isaiah Stewart learned from the time with LeBron James and he just walked away. So that was great. You know, I mean, hell of a game, though. I really thought the Pistons were going to pull it off. But let's get back to this one in Cleveland. Who's your P- Pistons player of the win? Um, I'm going to go with the, the newcomer. Mr. Marvin Bagley himself with 16 points, four boards, a block, and eight for 13 from the floor. Just uh, just a new guy coming in and playing his role very well. So uh, I'm going to give him my Everything Pistons podcast player of the week. I really thought you were going to go Hamidou Diallo because of the energy. I w- yeah, no, I was, I was leaving it for you. Oh, I wasn't even going to go Hami. I wasn't going to go Hami at all, but like we got to give, we'll just give credit to Hami before I mention my player. Hami had 21 points, six rebounds, rebounds, one assist, two steals. He was four for four from the line, three for three from the three point line. And he played with so much energy. It was incredible. He was all over the floor. It seemed like there were five Hamis on the floor at one time. I loved his energy, but he is not my Pistons player of the win. Killian Hayes also giving a big shout out to him. He only had two points, but he had five rebounds, five assists, two steals, one block. And the Pistons were switching on everything. He actually went a couple times, you know, was getting posted up by Evan Mobley and made things hell for Evan Mobley on offense. Like, he was just getting after I love seeing that Killian A's would still like a little more production offensively. But if he's going to play like a bulldog on defense like that, you got to give him credit. But here is my Everything Pistons podcast player of the win. And it's uh, Rodney Magruder. He had 12 points, four rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block, four for four from the three-point line. And he did all of this in 16 minutes. He never gets any love. Those 12 points mattered. He was shooting lights out in that game. He was making everybody that makes fun of him shut up. I don't think Clay Thompson's ever gone four for four from the three-point line either. So I'm giving it to Rodney Magruder. And that is my everything Pistons player of the win. Man, shout out Killian though in the loss with that uh, the tipped pass that got went almost back to uh, backcourt, spun off one defender, immediately crossed over the next, kicked it out to uh, Roddy McBuckets. Yeah, who hit a three? That was a, a six three. straight three in two games. That was uh, that was a nasty play, man. Shout out, uh, shout out Killian, who gets a lot of hate on uh, online. But speaking of Killian, did you see that the Pistons gave him the dime of the week? He was running full court. He made a bounce pass to Hami, who finished. It was against Cleveland. Yeah. I think it was against Cleveland. But it was the same game where we had the Cade lob to Mobley. I mean, to Bagley. Do, wh- yeah. which, which, in your opinion, is the dime of the week? The pass to Hami know. or the lob? I, I, I'm going to go the bounce pass. What? Okay. All right. You would be. I mean, th- that is you, though. You're not I like flashy. I like the fundamentals. I like I yeah. like the bounce pass. You don't see that too much in the NBA anymore. Everything's <laughs> overhead or chest pass. Sometimes a nice bounce pass and finesse. Dude, it was a clean bounce pass, but Hami did most of the work. So I'm going to give it to Cade with his lob to Bagley, even though I said Mobley at first. But it was definitely Bagley. 
So Cade Cunningham's 18 games so far this season where he hasn't attempted a free throw. I went back and looked at previous number one picks because I want to see if this was a common theme with first picks their rookie year. I got a long list here. You ready for this? I hear it. Anthony Edwards had 10 games in his, in his rookie year where he didn't shoot a free throw. Zion Williamson, he only played like 24 games too. He had zero, but he had 10 games with 10 or more free throw attempts in a season-high 19 his rookie year. DeAndre Ayton had 15 games, but he played 71 games. Markel Fultz had six games and 14 games played. Ben Simmons had 11 games his rookie year. And Ben Simmons had one game where he took 29 free throw attempts his rookie year. And Cade's season high is like 10. Cat. Carl Anthony Towns, 15 games. He played all 82 games. Andrew Wiggins had seven games in an 82-game season. Anthony Bennett had 30 games with no free throw attempt, but he had so many games where he played less than 10 minutes. Anthony Davis had nine games. Kyrie Irving had five games. John Wall had five games. Kate Cunningham is entering Anthony Bennett territory with games without a free throw attempt. Do you think this is just a theme for rookies? Or do you think it's more about the adjustment to the rules this season? Why Kate is not attempting more free throws? No, I definitely uh, don't think it's anything about the rules because as we've seen, Cade gets absolutely killed in some of these games and there's just no calls. So I think it's just uh, kind of your welcome to the NBA. You need some tenure around here to start getting calls. Yeah. But I mean, do you, I don't know. Like, cause I, I as I read you the list, like, there's only there's only been two guys that or excuse me three guys that had four guys that had 10 games without a free throw attempt 10 or more games without a free throw attempt so i think it's more the rules have adjusted where you know some of the refs are still adjusting themselves or they're not that's why i really think the pistons are getting like tier 3 refs at most of their games you know they're not they're not used to they used to call a lot of ticky tack fouls now they're not doing it but also I think it's more on how Cade plays the game. He's kind of lower to the basket. He's not a high flyer. He's not – I mean, he does attack the rim quite a bit. But I don't know, man. It's just I, – I just don't want to believe that the refs are holding Cade back from getting free throw attempts. I want to place the blame on maybe Cade's just playing too low to the basket. Maybe, you know, the rules are adjusted where we think those fouls are hard but they're not really that hard. You know, maybe they're a little bit softer than what the TV is giving us. So I don't know, but for Cade, I just wish he'd get to the line a few more times, man. I think some of these games would be a little different and his stats would look a little different if he got to the line. So, but that's for sure. That's my stat though. I mean, how many more games? I like it. How many more games do you think Cade goes without a free throw attempt? Like, what do you think the number is going to be? We're at 18 right now and we have 22 games left. Like, just overall? Yeah, overall for the season. How many games do you uh, think you'll play without a free throw attempt? We'll just, I'll give you an odds. Over or under 25? I'll say under. I would think under. Yeah. You would think I under. was thinking closer to maybe like 10 more games without a free throw. Well, then he would have 28. He'd be over 25. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. <laughs> so, over under 25, I'll ask you again. This is a second time. I guess I'll go over then. I was thinking he'll get anywhere from 
I'm going to say over too. I think he'll get like 26 games total for the season without yeah. a free throw attempt. No, I, I misunderstood you. I thought you were talking of the uh, uh, remaining games left. I was thinking maybe out of those games, there might be 10 more games where he doesn't shoot a free throw. But I, I understand what you're saying now for the total of the season. But, I, I mean, it, it sucks, man. Didn't uh, what, what did he score that one game where he didn't shoot a free throw? I want to like 30 some. Yeah. I think it was 32 where he didn't have a, three, yeah. or a free throw attempt yeah. either 28 or 32 summer. It was his career high for sure, but you're right. He did not. And he had some hard, I think it was against Cleveland as well, where he was going to the ground a lot in that game. And there were a lot of non-foul calls called on him. And it really does kind of piss you off about the refs a little bit. Yeah. You know, when you're watching these games, cause you know, he is our player we want to watch him succeed. And if we feel like he's not getting justifiable calls, then, you know, why is it? I wonder if it's the Pistons as a whole, though, that aren't going to the line. I'd have to look that up at some point, but. So Kate doesn't like it. Yeah, it, it, it really does. You're right. But I don't know. I, I guess I don't, I only pay attention to it because it is the individual because I've seen Kate take some hard fouls. And I mean, I guess compared to other Pistons, there are some other guys that do go to the line more frequently than him. So maybe they do have respect to the refs. I just have a hard time believing it's just because of the refs are like, yeah, welcome to the NBA moment. I do know that there is growing pains that comes to playing in the NBA, but compared to so many other, you know, 10 other number one picks, like this is, I mean, like I said, he's entering Anthony Bennett territory and Anthony Bennett was a bust. Kate is not, you know I what I'm think, saying? I, yeah, I think that's grasping at straws. Well, I'm just saying because, like, you know, DeAndre Ayton had 15, Carl Anthony Towns had 15 games, but that was in a 71 and 82 game season. And Anthony Bennett, I think he only played like 40 games or something for the Cavaliers his rookie year, and he had 30 games go without a free throw attempt. But Kate is at 18 right now with 22 more games left. So. I don't know. Like I said, I think he's entering Anthony Bennett territory. I'm not calling Kate a bust. He's just not getting love. Definitely not. Should Cade's winning record against the other top five picks factor into rookie of the year chances? So Cade is six and two against the other top five picks. There's a lot of basketball fans though that are saying just because he has a winning record against the other top five picks, that shouldn't factor into him winning rookie of the year. So I'm asking you as a Pistons fan, do you, I mean, like wins matter, right? Like we always say wins matter to some degree. So if he is outperforming and winning against the other top five guys, some of these guys who are in the rookie of the year running, that should be, that should be part of the consideration as well for Cade. Yeah, but you added a caveat before you said winning. You said outperforming. If Kate is outperforming, absolutely. But I am not one to put team success on in individual awards. I don't I don't agree with that. I don't like that. So sometimes not always getting the win is the is the bottom factor for these awards. If if you know, Cade is an efficient 35 points in a loss and he's playing another top five pick Evan Mobley and Evan Mobley has a lesser game. I mean, should the lesser game mean more because the, the other team won is basically the thought I'm getting at. I think head to head matchups should matter when it comes to rookie of the year 
Like if Kate is outperforming all those guys in head to heads, then that should mean something. If he's winning along the way, that should hold more weight than, you know, Evan Mobley having a winning record against, you know, I mean, playing on a team that's about to enter the playoffs. I, I think the win is the cherry on top, but I mean, the Sunday's still good without the cherry, right? You know, yeah, okay, cool. You won, but you keep staying at yourself outperforming. Yeah, if you outperform, that should weigh more. If you win, then it's clear cut. Well, no, I'm saying outperforming should be great, but I'm saying, you know, we're we're based, there's a lot of people that are saying Evan Mobley is winning rookie of the year because he helped get the Cavaliers to the playoffs or to the play-in game. There are people that are saying that, but at the same time, they're the same people that say, who cares if Kate has a winning record against the other top five picks? That doesn't mean anything when Evan Mobley, but why does winning matter when it comes to Evan Mobley's case, but not matter in Kate's case? That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily get it either. I, I just, me personally, I don't like, I already said, don't like team accolades in single player achievements. So if the player is outperforming, the other rookies but still has a losing record the player that's outperforming everybody is still the rookie of the year yeah and no and i i think you're right and that's kind of what i'm getting at in the terms of with Cade cunningham like he still is outperforming all the rookies like he still is like i think he's number one in scoring i think he's top five in rebounds top three in assists again i don't have the numbers in front of me i'm just going off of memory but what I'm saying is, like, in terms of him, yes, he is outperforming them, but at the same time, he also has a winning record against them. And that shouldn't, that shouldn't be the deciding factor, but I do believe that should be a small part of the conversation when it comes to Cade. Like, when you're talking about Rookie of the Year, you're like, look, he played against all of them. He has a winning record, and he outperformed them in those wins. That is why they have the winning record against – that's why he has the winning record – that should play a part in rookie of the year conversation. I don't like when people just dismiss it so quickly. Like it's, Oh, it's just wins against the other top five rookies. That shouldn't mean anything. Okay. Then don't tell me Evan Mobley being a part of a team getting to the playoffs should still hold weight in the rookie of the year consideration then. So which player wins rookie of the year player a outperforms terrible record or player B competitively performs with a good record like he might have been the top one two or three rookie kind of like Kate Evan Mobley and uh Scotty Barnes we'll just go with him no in but again that's what I'm saying like that's kind of what I'm getting at like if Evan Mobley was you know, number one in points per game, number one in rebounds, leading rookies in blocks. I think he is leading them in rebounds and blocks. And the Cavaliers were getting into the playoffs, but he was still outperforming every other rookie. Then yes, then there would be, it would be a no brainer. But what I'm getting at is people look at Cade and they're like, oh yeah, he's the leading scorer for the rookies because who else is on the team to score? Evan Mobley deserves to get rookie of the year because he is performing well. And also his team is in the playoff hunt. But we don't we want to we want to throw the six and two record for Cade Cunningham against his peers into the trash. Like we don't even want to talk about that. People are like, who cares? 
you know, it doesn't matter. Evan Mobley's getting to the playoffs. Those wins matter, not a 6-2 record against your peers. And I think the fact that he is beating his peers and outperforming his peers, that is what should get him rookie of the year. But other people don't see it that way. And I'm, that's why I'm asking you and bringing it up, like, do you think the record of him having a winning record against top five, his peers is, do you, should that hold weight in the rookie of the year conversation? I think both of us pick player A, right? Well, I mean, I'm going with Cade, like, no matter what, you yeah. know? I mean, unless yeah. it was clear cut from Evan Mobley, but, you know, I mean, I still – I think those are the top two for rookie of the year consideration right now as it stands. But I just think – and I, I keep repeating myself. I just think the fact that Cade has a winning record against his peers, that should factor into the rookie of the year consideration. That should be a part of the conversation. Because if you want to bring up Evan Mobley and get, helping the Cavaliers get to the playoffs and be like, well, that should be rookie of the year no matter what. Like, okay, well, then don't throw out Cade's winning record against his peers. That's all I'm saying. Almost to pump the brakes from you there. Yeah, I was. I would. Oh, man, I really could have got a little more heated on that, to be honest with you. You kind of calmed me down in a way. I don't know how, but you did. <laughs> and it's the here we are. voice. It's all the yawning. <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I must not be making sense because this dude just put me on mute. And no, no, no. Daughter was tossing and turning last night. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just messing with you. That is funny. But hey, guys, I told you that this would be a short podcast. Thank you for listening. You know, hopefully we get to come back next week with more things to talk about. Maybe Isaiah Livers has a great game during the week, and we'll definitely talk about that. I'm rooting for the kid from Kalamazoo. But you can follow me on Twitter at Lance Caparossi. Andrew, where can they follow you? On Instagram, Everything Pistons Podcast. On Twitter, E Pistons Pod. You can always email the show directly at epistonspod at gmail.com. Thank you guys again for listening. I know I already said that once. Please subscribe to this podcast, drop a comment, rate us, and more importantly, tell a Pistons fan. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.